player 2 has joined the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin. Along this time with my brother from my other mother, James Solar is here, everybody. Yay, James. How's it going? Glad to have you back, sir. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Sean is not here. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, if this is the first time you're ever seeing, hearing, or listening to us, this is the Two Player Co-op Podcast. We're just about every week, two brothers or brothers from other mothers get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you like the video, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, and everyone in betwixt. If you really like us, you can go to patreon.com slash two player co-op. Where, for just a dollar, you become a booster, where you get the podcast live one day early on YouTube. $3 makes you a sponsor, where you get a bonus episode every month. $5 makes you a producer, where you can watch us record the podcast live on YouTube, like we're doing right now. $10 makes you an affiliate, where you get a monthly Q&A episode with us. And for $20, if you so choose, you can choose the bonus episode topic and record with us, if you so choose. That was a lot of chooses there. Some of our patrons deserve a shout out, just like our affiliate, James Solar. Make sure you check out James Games and More on YouTube. Uh, Sarah Solar, John Tingley, Derek Bamford, and Mom. She's still not here. Uh, as well as our producers, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, Dustin Downs, and Chris Peralta. Also, make sure you check out PS Rewind on YouTube. If you like cool t-shirts and the like, or if you just need a new sweatshirt because your washing machine and or dryer decided to eat your sweatshirt, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two player co-op. Inside joke there. I Yeah, I am wearing what's left of the uh, two player co-op hoodie. I don't really know. I don't. I don't think our washer is like overly aggressive or anything. It um, sure looks like it is. <laughs> yeah, but I'll uh, definitely a comfy hoodie. I'll definitely keep wearing this one. Probably end up getting another one too. It it looks like it almost looks like we, if we made like a weathered logo or something like a <laughs> like a, a retro or I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what it looks like. Um, but yeah, well, no. I. Yeah, you can't no even way. tell. You can't even tell what it was anymore now. No, I can just because I know what it is. But now mm-hmm. it's just like, well, cause you, yeah, because you yeah. know what's supposed to be there. It looks like it's transformer arms or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were off last week. Warned you about that uh, for Thanksgiving because I was out of the country on a cruise with the whole family, all six of us. Um, I survived. We had a blast. It was eight days out of New Orleans. Um, it was crazy. We left New Orleans and it was literally forty-one degrees and raining. Um, and we had two days at sea after that. The first, those two days were crazy waves because of all these storms that were in the Gulf. My oldest, my 14 year old got horribly seasick the first day. He's never been on a Dang. cruise ship or anything. And he threw up a couple times and that was fun. But luckily we had stopped at Walgreens and bought some, uh, Dramamine before we got on the boat, which was very smart. Um, so he was okay after that, but yeah, after that, once we went to, we started out at Costa Maya. We went to Belize. We went to Isla Roatan in Honduras. And then we ended up at Cozumel and then headed back to um, to New Orleans. So it was eight days, seven nights. It was a blast. I very much needed it. I needed the recharge. I needed to, nice. to step away. Um, but I did survive, even though I went swimming with sharks. Um, it's not as bad as it sounds because... Like on were, purpose? They were nurse sharks. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Nurse hey, sharks a... and and stingrays also. Okay, I have a question for you. Yes, 
when you do take vacations, do you take in it after you get back home? Do you take an additional like day or two off of work to Some, be able to kind of sometimes, but what I had to do this time, because basically all my vacation is spoken for now because I'm taking the week after Christmas off. So I didn't have any extra days. So, mm -hmm. and especially because we got back Sunday, got off the boat, drove home from new Orleans, started doing laundry and everything, and then passed out. Mm -hmm. And then I had to work the next morning at eight o'clock. Um, wow. But what I do whenever that happens is I just take my work calendar and I just block it off for the day. Um, <laughs> so there's there's nothing that anybody can do to try and schedule a meeting or anything like that. It's just yeah. it, I, I'm just like, nope, nope, I'm I'm incommunicado. I got to go through a week and a half of emails. I don't want to deal with anybody. So I like to have the buffer day. Yeah. Kind of just do nothing. If I uh, if we're going to be getting back home um, kind of early, like before around like lunchtime then usually I'll be fine with just that day. But I don't know. For the last like year or so, I've been a fan of requesting like an extra day yeah. or two off of work and just well, not telling anybody. Yeah, like usually when we go, we either go somewhere usually Monday through Friday if it's a regular trip or beach trip every fall, we go Saturday to Saturday. So then I've got Sunday mm -hmm. to oh, yeah. de decompress and just watch football and do laundry and stuff. But yeah, it's not normally that we get back on a Sunday at like 5 or 5.30 at night and then i got to work the next morning so that was rough yeah. but um yeah it was a blast uh sean is now on a cruise uh as well uh with his wife and their oldest little girl um wait so he's not here yes so they left one of their kids right mm -hmm. <laughs> they left the baby with my parents because okay Taking a uh, well, when you say it like that, it sounds a little better. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't leave her like at, at a fire station <laughs> or anything. But yeah, with a nine-month-old on a cruise, it's not going to be. Mm -hmm. It's and not going to be very fun. How uh, old is How old is Kira? She's three and a half now. Okay. So it's a good age, and you know, Eliza, my I daughter, when she was born. Yeah, <laughs> my daughter is a little bit over five now. She was perfect. She was a trooper. Um, yeah. I mean, she was staying up till 10 o'clock most nights when normally <laughs> she goes to bed at 730. But, you know, she would take a nap during the day if she needed to um, or just crash when we were watching a show at night. She would just like we were watching some rock show or something that was like 30 minute show and it's loud and crazy and there's fire and all this. And then she's I look over at her in her chair and she's just passed out. I'm like, yep, that is that is perfectly yeah. fine. Um, so we when uh, when we were kids, we went on a cruise with my mom and my um my mom, uh, so my mom, and then one of her friends, and there were a whole bunch of kids there with us, and there was pictures of a lot of us like sleeping at the dinner table at night just because we were so exhausted from everything that we were doing. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, in the chat, it was a very nice vacation, Derek. I I agree. So ours wasn't even Monday to Sunday. Ours this time it was a super long cruise. It was Saturday to the next Sunday. So it was crazy. So I had to take Friday off from work so we could drive to New Orleans and then get on the boat Saturday at noon. But yeah, it was a blast. Um, Sean's hopefully having a blast. I haven't heard from him. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, he'll be back next week. We'll be back to our normally scheduled programming. Then I don't think we're going to miss any episodes anytime soon. After this, like I've been telling everybody for the last month and a half or something that our schedule is about to get crazy. It's about to get normal again now. Um, next week, like I said, he'll be back. We're going to do our Game Awards show predictions um, as the news has been pretty, pretty weak here 
lately just because it is. Um, and then the week after that, we'll recap the game awards and hopefully there'll be a lot of good stuff to talk about. Hopefully it'll be better than summer game fest was, but um, we'll see. Uh, one other note here I did. I don't know if anybody else has done this. I, I think in our discord, Sean and I were the only ones um, if I remember correctly, but I did pre read. I registered to get a pre-order for PSVR two, and I did. So um expensive yes but it's one of those god this this there, there's thunderstorms here right now and i can see the lightning going crazy so if this if, if it cuts out i don't know what i'm gonna do we'll just start over i guess good <laughs> lord um but uh i got the horizon bundle and i'm pretty pumped for it um i don't know that yeah. there's anything else i really want to play when it comes out I feel like there's still got to be stuff that they haven't told us yet because the launch mm-hmm. lineup isn't exactly stellar, but I still hold out hope that at some point next year, I'm going to be playing half-life Alex on that thing as well. I, hmm. my big hang up right now on PSVR two is that at least in the past, it hasn't really seemed like Sony has invested a lot in PSVR exclusives. <laughs> Same as so, they did with the Vita. Yeah. If uh, if Horizon Call of the Mountain is the first of many, oh, John that could pre-ordered. be a really awesome. great thing. But if if Horizon Call of the Mountain is like the, I mean, even on PS5, a lot of these games were only getting, well, a lot of these series were only getting one installment per console now. So if Call of the Mountain is like the big thing for PSVR two, and like that's it, it ends up turning into like almost a six hundred dollar game. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But, I'm one of those things where it's it was almost like FOMO because I never got PSVR one. Sean ended up getting it and he mm-hmm. liked it. Um, but I just never wanted to take the leap. Um <laughs> Derek, my big Derek says my big hang up on PSVR two is that I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> um I because I almost feel like I would om- I almost feel like I would just rather have another PS5 than yeah. like- <laughs> yeah yeah have one upstairs one downstairs or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. well because we like right now so this is where i record a lot of my let's plays and stuff yeah if i'm recording anything on ps5 i've got to move a whole bunch of equipment and stuff into um into like my actual game room and i guess it's not that big of a deal but i'm kind of over it no i get it um yeah yeah, I've really just got, I mean, we've got up here where we record, we've Which, just got this tiny little TV. So, mm-hmm. you know, and my kids have a big TV, but that's and I know they, you, I know you share, at least right now, you share your PS5 with your kids too. Yeah, yeah. I really mm-hmm. would not like, I would like for that to not be a thing. I see you, so. I see you on there playing Rocket League and Minecraft oh God. all the time. Rocket League. And <laughs> if you see me playing Madden now, Madden 23, it's not going to be me. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. probably get to it at some point, but right now, if I'm, if if it says I'm playing God of War, that's me. Anything else, it's yeah. not me because I'm just. I hooked. I really enjoyed Madden, especially. I play Madden pretty much every year, like almost right when it comes out, as part of my like, get hyped for football season ritual. Yeah, and I gotta say, I never really understand any of the criticism. I I understand some of it, but not to the degree. Like people are acting like madden 23 like murdered their firstborn child it's like it's another madden game like what are you you're what are you expecting right 
it's it's fun no matter what mm-hmm. it's fun i mean i i was looking for oh i was looking in the closet today because i was just trying to find my kid's backpack we couldn't find it and it turns out it was in my truck idiot um <laughs> but in that closet i've got all my ps4 games and i was like holy crap all my you know my physical games yeah and right next to each other i had madden 15 16 17 and then i took 18 off and then i got 19 because i think that was when we drafted saquon i was like okay now i care about football again um and then I didn't buy it again until 22 last year. And then my kids wanted to buy 23 this year. So now if I want to play it, I didn't have to pay for it. So that's so good. I think I have all of them that you don't have oh, really? um, during the whatever year it was that the Eagles and the Patriots played each other in the Super Bowl. I think it was 18. There was a like Madden gold edition for like five dollars. And I was like, you know, I haven't played Madden in such a long time. I'll get that. Um, and that so that was 18. And then I didn't play 19. And then I've gotten 20 and all of them since then. Okay. See, I used to, when it was, when I had my PS2, I definitely got Madden. Oh no, I got Madden 01 on PC before I got my, cause I didn't get my PS2 until 01. And then I got, I think I got 02, 03, 04 was Vic on the cover. I remember that because he was just mm-hmm. absolutely unstoppable. Um, <laughs> and 05. Before the incident. Yeah. I hate him so much. Um, <laughs> And then PS3, I probably got it just about every year. But then, but what I did, I don't have any of those games because I would always trade it into GameStop for like five five bucks off and then just get right. the new one, which was yeah. dumb. But I mean, I don't need every copy of Madden. So yeah, <laughs> I uh, I didn't really play a whole lot of Madden until oh, I, I haven't really been a football fan that long. I really became a football fan probably in the last like, I guess it's probably been like four or five years now. I guess right around the time, right around like Madden 18 or so, um, was when I just really kind of went all in on football and decided that was going to be the one sport that I actually watch. Yeah. I love it. It's the best, even though my Giants are now showing their true colors. It is what it is. I knew it had to, the, the bubble had to burst at some I point. I saw. We have no I talent. mean, even, okay. They're, they're what? Third in the conference right now? Or th- in the, uh, NFC's? In the division, yeah, yeah, but that division is a powerhouse. We could technically have every team make it. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. That it, uh, one of the games that I was watching the other day, they were saying that if the season were to end like right now, the entire NFC East would make the playoffs. And I don't know if that's ever happened before. It, I don't think it has. And it's funny because going into this year, it was what everybody always called it, the NFC least, and now it's actually mm-hmm. the well, NFC. Because I remember. Least. I remember a couple of years ago, the NFC East was so bad than the, um, what were they? Washington football team at the time. They made the playoffs being like five and 12 or something. It wasn't that <laughs> bad, like, but it was bad. I think they were seven and nine. They won the division. They hosted Tampa gosh. and Tampa beat them. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was two years ago. That was when Tampa won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that year, I think. So they were they were seven and nine leading the division. I want to say across the entire division, they had like twenty wins total yeah, for the whole was, season, and most of those yeah. wins were just them beating each other. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh yeah, because that was also the year that Dak got hurt when he just destroyed his ankle. So the Cowboys went in the tank that year as well. Yep, that's yeah. true. Um, gosh. Oh well, I they've love really they've really turned around, and now. They have the high, uh, um, their division has the highest win percentage 
across any of the divisions. Oh yeah. I mean it helps when the so. stupid Eagles are ten and one, but ugh. It yeah. does, yeah. I mean, because you've got the ten and one Eagles, the Cowboys are eight and three. That sounds right. Or no, nine and three. Nine, nine and three. Nine and three. Cowboys or Giants are what, eight and four? We're seven and five. And then oh. the the commanders, I can't say that name, are seven and six, I think. That's such a bad name. <laughs> Or I mean, no, we're seven and four. They're seven and five. That this is week thirteen. That's what it is. They haven't had their buy yet. That's now it. Okay, okay. that makes more sense. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So James, but, you had something you want to talk about? Knives Out. Yes. So are you? Have you watched? Have you seen Knives Out? I have not. I've heard great okay. things, but it I is really seen good. It. And I've really so uh, the reason I put it in there, I really wanted to go see um, Glass Onion, which is supposed to be kind of the same um same director same same everything and it um daniel craig's character from knives out is the detective in this one once again um and people have been saying good things about it it's getting a limited theatrical release um only at like certain theaters across the nation and it's not playing anywhere in my (laughs) area which i'm really disappointed about but i think december 23rd it's supposed to come to netflix Okay, I thought it was um, a Netflix movie. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. It was, I think it was November 23rd in limited theaters for like a week, and then December 23rd on Netflix. Okay. Um, if you haven't seen Knives Out, though, I'd really recommend it. I love that movie. Um, is it on Netflix? I think it probably is. If they got the sequel, then I have to assume the original theatrical is on is on netflix i assume it is but i, I, I would assume sure. so um maybe but it is it, it is really good yeah. um anyway so i put that on there because i rewatched that movie the other day and this might be a whole back uh, a a point against it for you ryan johnson <laughs> i know i hate is him. the director of the movie and i hate it's so good but it makes me annoyed that it's so good because of how much I don't like The Last Jedi. Yes. Which this isn't a Last Jedi hate cast, not this time. No. But <laughs> we'll do that um, on the five year anniversary. Jeez. But I would I would highly recommend those movies. There you go, John in the chat. Nailed it. Can't watch it. The director buried Star Wars. Thank you. <laughs> That stupid movie, as soon as she's out in space and she starts wiggling her stupid fingers when she's dead, I'm like, we're just making stuff up now. The only good part of the whole movie, well, the throne scene was a good fight, but then when you see the videos of how they're just standing around waiting, I'm like, God, this is horrible. The mm-hmm. only, the only really, the only good thing, I mean, it was a beautiful movie. I'll give it that. Beautifully shot. That's about the only good thing I can say. And the whole, even though it makes no sense, the whole, the the light speed through the, um, mm-hmm. you know, the the hyper jump, whatever. It's, I, I yeah. can't remember what the hell you, when it goes through the ship. That was cool, but also not possible. And why it, whatever. Um, but no, I, I've heard good things. I just checked uh, Glass Onion. It's a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. So Oh, shoot. So huh. that's very good. And About they the- have like a, I think they have like an all-star cast in there. They had a really yeah. great cast in the first one, too. Um, I know Chris Evans was in there. Daniel Craig, like I already mentioned. A um, bunch of other famous people that I'm forgetting. Yeah. But I want to say like Bautista, Edward Norton. Bautista was in it. Yep. Yep. Um, I want to say both of them are in Glass Onion. Yeah. Definitely some fun movies there, though. 
I would just imagine. Don't even think about Ryan Johnson and just go see those movies. Oh, I can't. Just I watch them that. and let me know what you think. God, I hate that man so much. Um, I just. Yeah, I don't need to get into it. Let's I just, it. We don't need to go into this. Let's let's move forward. <sighs> All right, James. Uh, I see what you've been playing this week. Let's tackle the big one. So it seems like I have not been on Twitter a lot. Well, obviously I wasn't on Twitter last week at all. Well, I was going to ask actually, you want to go through the other ones first? Well, I was going to ask you, you just said you hadn't been on Twitter much. I was going to ask about your cruise. Were you able to access social media and stuff like internet and, or a little bit. So what I could do here's a tip because I manage our mobile. I've been doing cellular phones, mobile devices, everything ever since I got out of college, starting at AT AT&T. And now I manage our, the the company I work for, I manage all of our accounts across the entire globe, uh, all of our mobile accounts. Um, So just an FYI to anyone, if you ever take a cruise, make sure you do, you you go in airplane mode when you're on the boat, period. If you're on the boat, you will see that you can join a, a mobile network called cellular at sea usually is what it shows up as, but that is like a cell phone tower that is on the actual ship. If you roam off of that, you will rack up hundreds of dollars in charges in literally minutes. Don't ever connect to it. Don't ever do it. Um, we could get Wi-Fi on the boat. Um, my wife, you could only have one device signed at it on at a time. We paid like 160 for the week and it was like three megabits. It was horrible, but Dang, you know, have- that's what, okay. That's what I was going to ask about. One device signed on at a time. So, um, I mean, there was a sports bar there, so we could go watch uh, football and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like just trying to check my fantasy on her phone, like it's the <laughs> slowest thing ever. But the good thing is um, AT&T and Verizon both have this. You can add uh, something. It's on Verizon. It's called the Travel Pass on AT&T. It's the International Day Pass. Mm-hmm. basically what it does is when you're on land away from the boat and you're con- you can connect to towers in whatever country you're in almost every country in the world except for like some small areas in the middle east and I'm, yeah. i assume china and stuff like that but um and you can just for ten dollars a day you can use your phone and just your plan goes with you so okay so that's what i did i mean mine goes that's to the company good. mine goes to the company anyways and i <laughs> i run it so i can do whatever i want um <laughs> So I would get on my phone when we would go into port. Those four days we were in port, I was mm-hmm. trying to catch up on everything, emails and fantasy and, and sports news and stuff. I, I wasn't really looking at gaming Twitter a lot. I jumped in and out, um, mm-hmm. but I, I just haven't been. And like Sean and I were saying on a few episodes ago, Twitter's just it's just I don't know. I've mostly just been getting on Twitter to look at football stuff lately just because yeah all the people I follow in video games are just so I, I just can't, I just can't really take it as much as I used I'm, to. I'm kind of at the same point that for video game stuff, I would much rather interact with the people in the discord. Um, yeah. that, that I don't, I hardly even bother going to Twitter anymore for video games and stuff. Yeah. What I do now, when I do the rundown for the podcast is we're about to get into, I go to, I'll go to IGN, even though it's, it's hard to fill, you know, you got to sift through all the movie stuff and all this random crap. Um, I'll go to push square. I go to VGC and I look up what the news was for the last week. See if there's Mm -hmm. anything I missed. Usually what I do, if I'm on Twitter, I'll screenshot a story or if it's something I want to talk about, save it to my phone. And then when I do the rundown, I look at my photos, put it in the document, delete it and keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a little peek behind the sausage, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so do you want to start with the big one or do you want to start? Cause I've only been playing that. You've only course. been playing that one. Yeah. Let's 
my other ones are well my other ones will be small so let's get those out of the way first okay um so well where am i okay there i am um have you played control so i've been i've been hopped back into control i played it when it came out on xbox um the ultimate edition that's supposed to have some quality of life improvements frame rate all that good stuff um performance enhances um was a ps plus game a while back yep i wasn't really sure what i um wanted to play after finishing um god of war ragnarok which we'll talk about here in a second um so i've just been kind of hopping in and out of that um it's been fun it's a lot of uh I don't really know what to compare it to, but it's almost it's a third person shooter, but I almost feel like it's more of like a third person platformer. Mm. Um, either like a like a I feel like it's a platformer in the same way that I feel like Returnal is kind of a platformer okay. that your movement and your the way you move around your stage, the way you move around enemies, the way you're aware of kind of what's going on around you is much more important than the um attacks you're doing and the damage that you're giving and all that good stuff um anyway so i loved that game when i played it first on xbox a couple years ago i want to say it was 2018 does that sound right i think it was 2019 i think it won game of the year 2019 at least at ign it did i it's one of those i've wanted to do it always looked super cool i never wanted to play it on ps4 because i heard it just did not run well i know they did the ps5 patch so that's i think you're right yeah that's one of those that i think because I've got it in my library from the mm-hmm. PS Plus collection or yeah. PS Plus regular or something. I can't remember which it was, but I think one it was of those... one of the regular monthly PS Plus. Okay. It's one of those that it's one of the, it, it's, it's on my backlog, but God almighty, so are so many others. I still never even played Guardians of the Galaxy and I'd still like to get to that at some point. I will um, say with Control, it's, it's not a difficult game, but it's hard to balance Control and something else so yeah. uh before we before we started recording i was playing a little bit of control and it had been probably three or four days since i'd sat down to play it and i was like wait what am i what am i doing yeah i'm supposed to go talk to who like how do i which i'm still pretty early in the game so i think that once i kind of play a little bit more um some of that stuff will just kind of naturally come back to me but i definitely recommend checking out control especially if you have it from ps plus um, I think it might also be on Game Pass. I know it was for a while. It definitely I'm not was. Sure it's yeah. Still, I'm not sure if it's still on there. Oh, and you said I said 2018. I know that's not right because I know that it wasn't up against God of War and Red Dead. Oh yeah, God, yeah, and Spider Man. Yeah, and Spider Man. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, Sean still says it's better than God of War. I can't wait to get his thoughts I, um, on Ragnarok fully now that I know he's beaten it, and I think he got the platinum before he left. If you watched my PS4 exclusives rankings, uh, you would know which one of those games I ranked better. It's God of War. Maybe. God of War to me was the game of the generation, um, but that's just me. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll save it. I'll save it till we get there. You're okay. And the other thing that I've been playing, I have two other ones. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the third one that's on the document next. Okay. So I jumped back into uh, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. 
Um, this has been my football game the last uh, week or so. Um, and this is a, the mobile Zelda games like uh, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass. The longer I spend away from them, I'm like, those games aren't that bad. But <laughs> but then I start playing them again and they're having me like blow into the microphone and see I can't move around with the stylus. And it's like this is based like if I'm moving with the stylus and attacking with the stylus and blowing into the microphone, like you could have made this an iPhone game. And it's they they did it right on the 3DS. Like you can have two mm-hmm. screens and you don't have to incorporate the stylus into gameplay. You can use the bottom screen like in Link Between Worlds. Right. To just select your items and stuff and see the map. Like that's what it should be. It shouldn't be dragging Link around with a friggin' pen. Like And that's the same thing that they uh, did when they re-released yeah. um Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on Wii U. Yep. You had your like map and your items and stuff on the gamepad. Um and that's what Breath but, of the Wild was supposed to be until they just said, eh, no, we're just going to do the same thing as the Switch. And yeah. Yeah. But I am having fun with it. I'm still pretty early. Um, I think I don't think it's a very long game. I want to say I've probably played four or five hours. And I think I've gotten through two or three dungeons. And I think there's only... I think there's probably only like five or six dungeons total. So I'm thinking I'm going to wrap up the game probably maybe like 15 hours total, which is pretty short for a Zelda game. Um, But knowing myself, I'm going to want to go around and get all the heart containers and do all this stuff. Um, Yeah, Spirit Tracks. I can't say that I would really recommend Spirit Tracks if it's definitely... So Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, I would say, are ones that I think really need to just be completely remade um, just because the touch controls. It's just not really that fun. No, I, I um, just, it's fun enough. I mean, it's fun enough for me to play during football, though. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. It's the only Zelda games I haven't played are Wind Waker because I still assume they're going to put it on Switch. I mean, I played Skyward Sword for an hour and then I was like, that was a waste of 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. I said on this very podcast that that game would not work on Switch, and people were like, no, they'll figure it out. No. (laughs) It was horrible. So I haven't played Wind Waker. Whenever they put it on Switch, I will. I just don't want to drag my Wii U out of, you know, from the grave. Um, I haven't played the two, the, the multiplayer games. Oh, actually, I haven't played the two Oracle games, too. Those, man, I hope they remake those like they did, uh, Link's Awakening. Do you um, have a 3DS? You still have your 3DS? Yes. Yep. Okay. You can get the Oracle games on 3DS for like $4.99. Yeah. But I'm I'm and still they, I'm just holding out hope now that they're gonna that they're gonna give them the Link's Awakening treatment. Maybe. But that's probably but, stupid. So I play I played both the Oracle games. I can't remember if it was this year or last year. Um, and I had so much fun with them. Yeah. I think I want to say it's been a while since I played A Link to the Past. I want to say the Oracle games are up there with wow. A Link Between Worlds for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, definitely above Link's Awakening. And I even like Link's Awakening more than most people, I think. 
Yeah, I was a little disappointed with the remake, but I mean, it was still a Zelda game. It just wasn't I, like I've heard so many people say that the Game Boy version is their favorite Zelda ever. So I think I had just built it up way too high in my mind. Um, but it, it's not like it was a bad Zelda game. It's just it's definitely not top tier when it comes to the top down Zeldas. I, would say. I will say I think I like the Game Boy version more than the Switch version. Mm. Because even though it is almost like a direct remake, there's some of the, um, like your, you know how on like a lot of the 2D Zelda games, your spin attack is basically like unblockable. Yeah. It's, it's some of that stuff that's like that we kind of grew up knowing that they didn't really incorporate into, um, the Link's Awakening remake. And I don't know. It kind of just took it down a peg for me. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, Derek says he played two minutes of spirit tracks and he just couldn't do it. <laughs> that's <laughs> you're my spirit animal. Apparently that I can't say spirit animal. Apparently that's the cultural pro- I don't even know. Whatever. Um, and then John <laughs> breath of the wild just needs to patch out the breakable weapons. I'm still so interested to see if tears of the kingdom, I assume it's going to have the breakable weapons, but who knows? Um, I, I, I just hope we get eight, 10, 12 dungeons instead well, of four, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, doesn't have breakable weapons i think i i feel like i won't really be surprised either way i could see them getting because i feel like in breath of the wild mild spoilers for breath of the wild breath of the wild the whole thing is that you're kind of in a state of like desperation or i feel like that's kind of the theme of the whole game whereas if they move away from that theme a little bit they might be able to get rid of the breakable weapons and for it to make sense or yeah. if they start you out, if since it is a direct sequel, if you start the next game with a good weapon, they might just make that like your weapon, and then it that weapon's not breakable. That's what I want. If if there's other weapons you can get, that's fine. But like the master sword should never break or power down. That's just yeah. damn it, whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, stupid spirit tracks. Uh. You also been dabbling in Beat Saber, I see. I have. So I've been um, rather vocal that I do not think the PS that for $550, there's no way I'm getting a PSVR 2. Not right now, maybe in a couple years. Um, and part of that is because I've never really played VR at all. Um, and so I was talking to... Um, I was talking to my parents about like, they were asking me about like VR and stuff because they're kind of interested in VR. And I was like, yeah, I've never really done it. Like I, I don't know my stuff. Um, like I don't have any VR. I've never really played it. And my stepdad decided, uh, so we bought our house about a year ago and he was, Oh, you know, I've never bought you a housewarming gift. And so he decided to go out and buy Sarah and I a, uh, an Oculus. Nice. Or a uh, a meta quest to um just call it Oculus. Yeah, yeah. So I hate the, the quest. Um but we so we just got that. We took it out of the box literally yesterday, and I played Beat Saber for probably about an hour. And I think I'm I think I'm getting it. I kinda understand I understand what people really enjoy about VR but I'm still not quite sold on 
the whole $550 price point and but I am I'm kind of coming over that hill. Um have you played much VR? I've done a little cuz we got or my kids got a quest to not last year. Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. And my now 12-year-old was so into Beat Saber and he was downloading mods really? and doing all this stuff and he was like recording he was recording himself and posting it to YouTube and he was just like and I'm Dang. like, uh, 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 and I've got no rhythm still, to begin with. But. I, I'm still pretty bad at it. Um, fortunately though, so the Quest Two came with Beat Saber. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I don't know if it. I don't know if it always does that, or if that was like a like a. It, it was probably a promo because he thing, had to yeah. buy it. Yeah. Um. Also, really cool. my God, if you guys can hear a weird noise in the background when we were on the cruise. Uh, my 12 year old who I was just talking about, you know, Mexican guy came up to us and was like, Hey, you want to buy this? And it was a, uh, it was a, uh, a conch shell or a conch shell. I always forget how you're supposed to say it. And he's just blowing into that stupid thing now. So if you hear it's, it's him blowing into a conch shell. So, yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard anything until like just a second ago. I heard like just a little bit while you were talking. I think he's on the front porch watching the storm and just blowing his shell, which is just, that's a weird thing All to right. say. Um, Derek in the chat playing Castlevania Symphony at night for the fourth time may actually beat it this time. I've only beaten it. I've played it twice. The first time I couldn't get into it. I just didn't, I didn't get it. It was before I was really getting into Metroidvanias that weren't Metroid and, you know, projectile weapons and stuff. Um but then when I played it the second time, I remember it clicked when I finally got the Basilard and it was such a quick attacking weapon that I was like, now I get it. Um, but I didn't get the I, I got the good ending, but, you know, I got through the the upside down castle, but I had to look up a guide and there's some OP weapon you can get that just destroys everybody at the end of it. So I got that to actually to actually beat it. But yeah, Symphony of Night is awesome. I haven't played Symphony. I've never played any Castlevania. Wow. I've been eyeball I've been eyeballing the Castlevania anniversary collection. It's it awesome. pretty frequently goes on sale for like ten dollars. I got it and for ten. I, I got that and Contra. They were both on sale uh for ten bucks. I just was I just grabbed both of them. I've only played them both a little bit, but I'm like, that's a game that I'll never have to delete it off my hard drive because it's like eight hundred megs or something. And yeah, it's just fun Whenever- to always go back and play those games. Whenever it's on sale, I'm not at a spot where I want to play it. And then I get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to play it now. And it's not, it's back up to like, I don't know, what is it, like $20, which is still not bad. Oh, you want to know what's really stupid? One of my favorite games this year put out a PS5 version, Shredder's Revenge. I'm like, oh, that'll be a free upgrade, right? No. If you own the PS4 (laughs) version, you have to pay $25 for the PS5 version. And there's literally nothing done. I mean, nothing different. Nothing different at all. It's the exact same game. It's just the PS5 it's like version. A, it's like a pixel art. Yeah. Right? Okay. If it was going to be a free upgrade, I was going to go and get the Platinum again, but I'm not paying $25 just to play it again on PS5 and have nothing be different. That's Is $25, is that how much it is just outright? Yes. Okay. So you're just buying the full game again? Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> they say... Maybe, maybe they eventually. Say I'm... <laughs> John and Derek, I think they both agree that I'm supposed to kick you off this podcast now for not playing Castlevania. Okay. <laughs> I will happen say eventually. Uh, the Castlevania Advance Collection was not as good as I was hoping it would be. 
and that's because I played Ari of Sorrow first, which that game is awesome, and it was worth the twenty bucks just to play that game. But the other two, the the two three D or uh, GBA games that came before it, are not as good. I should not have played Aria first because now I can't go back and play those other two. Um, are those Ari also of Sorrow on? Awesome. I want to uh, Castlevania Advance Collection. Is that on all consoles? In my mind, yes. I associate it with Switch, but I think that's because it was originally revealed in a Nintendo Direct. Does that sound correct? That sounds correct. But yeah, I got it on my PS5, I think. Okay. That came out after the PS5. Yeah, I, I played it on my PS5. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, but uh, Castlevania, definitely a series I want to get into at some point. Um, eventually, my, my availability to play those games is going to line up with a sale of that game, and I'm actually going to start them. But until that time, um, I guess John and Derek can not talk to me for a little while. You're banned. Yeah. You're banned from the Discord for 24 hours. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> um, let me sign into my notes here. Okay, cool. Let's get to the big kahuna. Because I haven't really mm-hmm. got to talk to you. I mean, we've we've DM'd a little bit about we've, it. We've everything. DM'd a little bit. I've been watching your trophies like yeah. a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> no one. Um, I haven't looked recently. I don't think I've looked at your trophies since you've come back from your vacation. There was a point though that I kept looking and I was like, man, Kevin's not. He hasn't made any progress. Yeah. And then you went on vacation. And then I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Um. So Sean, you beat it. Yes, Sean and I both got the platinum. Nice. Do you know how long? How, how long did it take you? I don't remember. I meant to look. <laughs> okay, I'm at fourteen. I'm a little bit over fourteen hours so far. I want to say. I think Sean said it took him like forty-five or fifty. I think it took me much longer than that. Hmm. But I was also incredibly stubborn for a lot of it and refused to look up anything. And would just keep facing the same enemies and just keep dying repeatedly. Right. And- Derek, good for you. Good for you. Hell yes. I eat Hot Pockets at least once or twice a week. So dinosaur chicken nuggets are awesome. Trust me. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think that's what it took. So I got the Platinum in the first God of War. Sean never went back to get it. Um. And it took me around 40 hours, I think. But what I'm doing when I'm going through this, I'm trying to, if I see a Nornir chest... I'm like, I'm opening this. I mean, some of them are locked because I don't have mm-hmm. whatever. It's. You, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but that's so like I'm trying to do every if I see a chest, I'm like, I'm not leaving this area until I get over there. I got to swing this thing over here and grapple hook over there to get it. And then I got to sh- have a tray shoot this thing with this green thing. And then that opens. I can go over there and open. I'm like trying to get all the, the mm-hmm. apples and the horns and all that crap. So that's what that's how I was at first in the beginning, like early of early part of the game it feels like you can kind of 100 percent it as you go and then i want to say once you get to like maybe the third area maybe like maybe like 15 20 you're probably coming up on it maybe like the 20 hour mark was where i got to a point that it seemed like i was just running into so many things that i just couldn't yeah do that i kind of it was kind of hard to just keep the, keep up that enthusiasm of like doing everything that I can. Um, but I was really satisfied with how much I was able to do like without a guide. I think 
you and Sean mentioned this two weeks ago, the Ravens are significantly easier to find in this game than they were in the first God of War. The uh, first one, it seems like they were just, it seems like every other one I came across was hidden and I could like hear it, but I can't see it. And, and then you had to do something crazy to actually hit the stupid thing. Something that Sean mentioned last week that helped me find a lot of the Ravens was that if you turn on the environmental subtitles, every once in a while, you'll just be walking around and on the screen, it'll say Raven croaks. And that's okay. when you should stop and look for a Raven. That's what um, I, I couldn't remember what he said it was. So I went into accessibility and I turned on audio cues or something. And then I was like, well, this is annoying. This cannot be what he meant. Cause every time like an X would pop up, it would be like, ding. I'm like, okay, I, I, this is, this is breaking the immersion. I can't do this. I had on, which having the um, environmental subtitles, of, it'll say like wind blowing, Raven croaks. And it's like, so it does kind of break the immersion a little yeah. bit, but in the long run, I appreciated not having to look for all the Ravens. I think I found about 40 of them without a guide or anything. And there's 48 total, yeah. I think. Um, But that was helpful. I think I'm in the teens so far. Um, But man, I'm loving this game. I, I will say, so I did, because like I was DMing James the other day or yesterday. I got to the part that I've heard so many people talk about around 10, 12 hours in where everything just comes to a crawl. And I DM'd him. I was like, so is this the part everybody's talking about? He's like, yep. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just picking fruit. I, I'm, I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is not God of War. This is pissing if, me off. But when you get to the end of that section, like I was also DMing James about, there is a boss fight. That is the that is freaking awesome. boss battle. And part of the issue, part of my issue with that section is that it's long. It's kind of also an exposition dump. And yeah, those, so those sections when you're um, playing as somebody else, when yeah. you're doing combat as that other person, I actually find it quite enjoyable. Um, It's just that like a lot of the, it's a lot of exposition, a lot of like walking and talking and following characters and it's almost like, animals and, it's like, almost like it turns into like firewatch or something for a lot of it. It's just, so I get why everybody I, I definitely say it's a negative for the game for sure. And I get why everybody was mad about it. Those sections I don't think they I don't necessarily think they should be removed from the game entirely, but I think they could have like trimmed them down a little bit, may, um made them maybe more I don't know, maybe add a little bit more combat to them or make them like to where they go like a little bit quicker that you're not going from like, Oh no, we have to go over here. Oh, let's go check on this animal over here. Oh man, this one looks like a giant cow. Oh it, wait, my other friend. <laughs> it reminds me of the MJ segments in Spider-Man. Oh, I thought it was much worse than the MJ section. Well, they're, they're, I, they're shorter at least. Yeah. But it's the same kind of like, I don't want to be doing this. I want to just, kill stuff and advance the and I know it is advancing the story and everything but it's so it, it could have been trimmed down it could have been done differently but yeah so there were sections where I'd be playing the game and then all of a sudden like a cutscene would happen and then you would take over as this other character and I was like oh man yeah here we go again and I'm like all right I'm gonna go do something else for a little while and I just stopped playing the game for a little bit and it's 
I don't know. I, I, I stand by what I said, though, that I don't think they should have taken those sections out, but I think they should have done something to make those sections a little bit more engaging. They could However, have been done better. Yeah. I do think that those sections, I'm, I'm trying to be trying to be vague for I know. people that haven't played the game. I think that those sections are really great for story and for character development. But sometimes when I'm playing God of War, I just want to kill things. Yeah. How, so since you've beaten it, and I'll get Sean's thoughts next week, but with no spoilers, are you satisfied with the story? How everything wraps up and everything? I'm. Oh yeah. I'm like very, I very much so. Okay, because I think so far when we get out of those boring sections, when I'm when I'm just Kratos and I'm advancing that story and I'm meeting new people, and oh, that's another thing. This new area I got to. I, I, one thing I love about this game is the the differences in the locales, the biomes, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they're they're so different. Like the, the realms section, feel yes. different. Like when I I just got to Vanaheim today, I went through there, and I'm like, this is just absolutely beautiful. And when you get to near the end of it, something happens to where the environment completely changes, and I'm like, it's even more beautiful now. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And the boss Vanaheim, fight there is amazing. Oh my Vanaheim god, that was so freaking two, cool. There's like a North Vanaheim and a South Vanaheim. Okay. That are very they're they're two different, very different areas. Okay. I will say Vanaheim has the worst collectibles. I needed more help getting the collectibles there than any of the other places. I did see a couple of chests that I could not get to, and that was really annoying. But I know I'm gonna have to go back and do cleanup either way. Yeah. This just popped into my head, and I don't know why it, it just popped into my head. Maybe because I was talking about the different areas and stuff, but this game to me, if it if it were not for Elden Ring, even though I'm maybe probably not even halfway through the game yet, I would be like, this is my game of the year. It's amazing. It's I don't know in the end if I'm going to like it better than the first one. It's going to depend how the story plays out, but I'm loving the story so far. I'm loving the acting and everything in this is just on another level. Like Santa Monica. Oh, my God. Like, And mm-hmm. I, I, I was a little bit nervous since it wasn't Corey directing it this time. I know he was like the creative director, I think now. And right. Eric Williams is the game director. I was nervous, but I'm like, they, they just get it. They just it's it's so well done. It's so high quality. I did uh, today when I was playing for a little bit on my lunch break. I was like, let me just go from favorite performance to favorite graphics. I was like, OK, it doesn't look that much different. And then I start moving and I was like, oh, hell no. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Going back to 60 frames. I, I, I didn't I even, cannot I didn't even try out the, the graphics mode. Horrible, horrible. I'm like, nope. After buttery smooth 60 frames, I cannot do this. Uh, yeah. I do think this game so far has bigger and better set pieces and boss fights than the first one. I love the first one. I love fighting the stranger Balder. I love the the dragon fight, but there wasn't a lot of like, and the, the ending boss fight was super cool, but like this, it's just like, I'm running into mini bosses and there's like, a lot of mini boss. There's a lot of good mini bosses, like ancient tree spirits and these dragon things. And like, mm-hmm. and there's some man that come up quite a bit. The, I think it's called like a Drekki or something yeah. which is like a four-legged a dragon, dragon or giant yeah. it's like a giant lizard yeah um those do you fight quite a few of those probably probably like 10 of those yeah there's also um, a lot a lot more enemy maybe like four maybe those appear probably like four or five times okay but every everyone every time they kind of change them up a little bit so it didn't really bother me that they kept bringing those back and then i want to say one or two of them were side quests and stuff too 
Um, but I do think that the enemy variety is a lot better in this game. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt like I was just fighting droggers or those floaty eye things over and over again in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I have not been doing. I've done one side quest, but now I'm like, I'm loving this story so much. I'm going to mainline this because I'm, I'm going to get this platinum. I'm going to go back and do everything. I just want to see how this plays out. The one, uh, the one side quest I did was in the Dwarven realm. I can't remember Svartalfheim or whatever. I can't say any yeah. of these names uh, with all the water. And you had to like Mimir asks you to turn off. And Mimir is so freaking good. God, I love him. I and love he's I, even better in this. I will say, I think so. The story is great, but I think that my favorite part of the game is just hearing like Mimir and Atreus and other characters just talk to each other while you're running around the world and doing side quests and finding lore and like you'll find like a lore marker and they'll be like oh yeah this person such and such and such did this thing and they uh, were friends with odin at first but then they didn't they had some kind of falling out and then you won't find out anything for a little while and then you'll find another lore marker from like the same like lore series and they'll tell you like a little bit more of that story i just found it very interesting yeah, I, I like how to Atreus a couple times has been like when you're with Atreus and then somebody else and he's like, yeah, my he's like, what's your dad doing? He's like, he's like he just likes to break stuff. He likes loot. I'm like, yeah, I, I love how self-aware it is and everything that it is a game. I forgot um, about that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, that's an so that's an important character, but the other care, everybody else in the game just stands out so much. The character that I was with in Vanaheim mm-hmm. and I fought the Nidhog, which I thought Nidhog was just a video game. I didn't know it was a creature. That boss fight was freaking awesome. But that everything where I interact with that character, I'm like, this is like, I, I haven't looked at really any of the Game Awards stuff except Game of the Year. I hope everyone in this game, I hope those two characters, well, I hope Kratos, obviously. That's I don't one remember. Character. And the other one should definitely be nominated because she's Hold killing on. The it. character that you're with when you fight Nidhogg yeah is a character from the first game right yes okay okay but we don't want to say right based off of how things were left in the first game we don't want to yeah. say it turned out okay. the way yeah okay um I yeah I felt maybe we should I felt like all of those characters specifically what we were just talking about all of the character interactions and all of the resolution of conflict and like weighing choices and people not agreeing felt very organic and natural and it the game is very well written mm -hmm. it didn't feel gamey to me that sometimes it's like a oh hey i hate your guts or in in other games sometimes it'll be like a i hate your guts because something happened like ah here have three oranges all right, we're best friends now. And right. Like, <laughs> right. Whereas I feel like even with even with a character that you do kind of um kind of change the way that they look at you, even if even from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, the way you interact with them is different, but it's still like there's still this like adversarial relationship of like i'm never going to be able to get over this yeah and it feels earned and it feels i also love i love how 
obviously I love what they did with Kratos in 2018. And I was not one of those people that always said Kratos was a horrible character. I thought he was a fascinating character with a crazy backstory. And maybe he just wasn't the best written guy because he just would say, Aries, and just yell. But like, I love what they did in 2018. And now if you look at how Kratos is in this, he's so he's evolved again from what he was in 2018. And he's so much more of a father and he's mm-hmm. not calling him. There is no more boy. You know, he calls him by his name. Right. He, he shows how much he cares about his son. And that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about Ragnarok. He doesn't, it's, he's he's going to protect his son no matter what. And it's just I love right. how they so it's, evolved that. It's hinted at in the first game when you uh, when a, uh, in the first game, when Atreus is like sick or whatever, yeah. and Kratos has to go to Helheim. Yeah. And he knows that in order to save his son, he has to go back and get his, um, he has to uncover his past yep. and kind of go back to be the person that he was before, even Still though he doesn't want to do that. The coolest sequences in any game I've ever seen in my life. I, that, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Me, Okay, me, me too. And so that theme, that theme of I'll do anything for my son carries through this entire game. Yeah. And let me tell you, the last there were uh, so I asked Sean about this Sean and I experienced this game very differently Sean said he didn't cry at all playing this game I did I cried a lot oh I cried Um, within the first 15 minutes I was like you got to be kidding me this is I'm not going to say what happens but within the first 15 minutes I was like you got to be kidding me really so I know I know what you're talking about and Sean said he felt the same way right there but as somebody so that that happened and i was like ah whatever let's keep moving let's keep let's keep let's keep going it's a lot of the 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 way that they develop the characters and a way that they kind of i mean by this point by the end of this game you've been on a journey with a lot of these same characters if you platinum the first game and then played this game you're looking at like 65 70 hours yeah that just to kind of see the the things they're willing to do and the things that they the the people that they become by the end of the game i'm trying to keep it vague because i don't want to spoil anything for you but i would really i'm really interested to hear what you think after you finish the game i really want to plow through it over the next week i would love to be i know i'm not going to platinum it platinum it by the time sean comes back but i would love to have it beaten by the time he comes back. And this might be one of those that we want to do a separate spoiler cast for. I think that could be fun. But um mm-hmm. question for you, James. Did you play what God of War games have you played? Other than 2018. That's all. That's it. Okay. So you didn't well, get there. There's a callback in this when Kratos is talking about oh damn, Derek cried during Red Dead 2. I gotta get to Red Dead 2 too. Son <laughs> of a bit. I've got so many I've, games. I've oh. started Red Dead 2 so many times. Um there's a callback in that Vanaheim section when he's talking to the character that he's with and he talks about a certain character. And I was like, I was like, Leo, I was like, yes, ghost of Sparta. He talks they, they, about like, his brother. And that's, that's what ghost Uh-oh. of Sparta was all about. And that game is, it's a PSP game. It is freaking awesome. If you can get the, the remastered versions on PS3, if you still have a PS3, you can get to, <laughs> chains of olympus is fine ghost of sparta if i were I'd, to do a ranking of all the god of war games ghost of sparta would be up there it's so no, good and the fact I that i do it's not a have a ps3 game, okay well so ps so ps4 was my first playstation oh that's right that's right yeah so 
Um, I wanted to kind of play. I know God of War three was remastered for PS4, and awesome. I wanted to play it, but I just never really got around to it. And then I knew that God of War 2018 was kind. Um, even though it was a continuation, it was kind of a reboot of the series. Um, I mean, it's definitely a continuation. Yeah, but it's also like a good starting point for people like me. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, for sure. There's, there's rep, you get more out of it. If you play, I mean, this is the eighth God of war game and I've played them all multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I know God of war, like the back of my hand. Um, but yeah, like it's, I was so glad when they referenced that, I was like, Oh man, that's awesome. I'm glad that those games are, I mean, I know they're Canon, but I'm glad they're not just forgotten because they were PSP games right. and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've got like I said, I'm probably not halfway yet. I want to plow through it. Um what was the last What was the last big thing that you did? That was it that boss battle? That Nidhog fight. And I, then I went back to oh, the Okay, camp. I forgot about Okay, the Nidhog one. And then I I walked back with my companion oh. back to the camp and then that's where I saved it and stopped. How much time was between the really cool boss battle? to the Nidhogg one. Um, was it a long time? Hour and a half, two hours, maybe. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, I want to say you're probably like, I don't know. I just feel like I played the same, the game so slowly and would get stuck doing like yeah. side quests and stuff that you're probably about halfway. Okay. Through the story. I mean, I'm um, definitely, I'm not doing any, I'm, I'm only level three, but I don't even care. I know eventually I'll get up to level nine. I'm sure I need a, oh, I'm I was sure like that's level, a trophy. I was like level four okay. when I finished the game. I've Maybe started level- running <laughs> and I've started running it in that area. There were a few level four enemies and I was like, Ugh, like I think I was level, I might've been level five when I finished the game. Okay. Um, Even when I got the platinum, I don't think I had even reached nine yet. Oh, okay. So you don't have to level up. Well, I maxed out. I maxed out all my gear and everything that like everything was pretty much as strong as it could be. And I was like, still like so close to getting to level nine. It's like, I literally don't know what else I could do. Yeah. (laughs) To get enough XP and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I love this game. It's, I'm definitely just going to, I'm mainlining it from here on out. I got to see how it ends. I got to see how all these premonitions play out and everything. It's just, it's I'm so glad that it actually came out now. I, I really didn't think it was going to hit this year. I didn't think there was any chance. Um, there were there were points earlier this year that I wouldn't have bet anything that it was not coming out this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I remember going. We went back and forth on this quite a bit that I was like, there's no way they're not going to sh- like they're, they're not going to release the game this year if they have to release it in the next two months and it, it haven't shown anything. Yeah. But I know, but but again, they they originally said 2021. So that was the one thing where I was like, I'm holding out hope because if not for COVID, we probably would have had this in like April of 21 is my guess, like six months after the console came out. But then uh, Christopher Judge had his issues where he couldn't do the motion capture and he couldn't do the the voice work and everything because he had a a back injury or surgery or something. So who knows? But I don't know that I I don't think I ever believed that this was a 2021 game. When they, when they show, when they said mentioned this game at the PS5 reveal, like they they teased it as if it was going to be a launch game, yeah, or like a launch window game, and it came out two years after the console, yeah. 
but I will say last last couple things that I uh last couple thoughts about uh God of War Ragnarok. I think I enjoyed my experience with this one much more. Hmm. Maybe not much more, but I definitely <clears throat> enjoyed it more than 2018. Partially because I feel like the story hit a lot. It hit for me a lot more. And then also, um, I don't know if you remember when I tried playing God of War 2018, I just couldn't really get into it at first. And I had to kind of put it down and come back to it. So this one, I enjoyed it more just because I was able to get into it right like from the jump. Um, But I would say this whole art this norse arc if you were to judge it as one game i think it would be probably a top 10 game for me yeah it's the the first one is top 10 for me so if this ends up surpassing it i will be thrilled because i really thought this was going to come out and be good but not great also i I started to say this earlier and i got sidetracked i don't remember Mm -hmm. why colin keeps saying that like Horizon Forbidden West is easily, clearly better than this. Better combat, better story, better world. And I'm like, I don't think no, we're playing I agree. the same so, game. I don't think we're I playing agree the with same Dustin game. Yeah, that I I tried to play Horizon Forbidden West, and it was just, I just found it boring, and I didn't go back to it. Which I I think I will go back to it eventually. I never got. Um, I never went back to get the platinum. I beat it, and I well, was just like, eh, I didn't even. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if I started what's considered like the main quest. Like that's how <laughs> I think I played it probably three or four. Like, you know how there's like some, some a chunk at yep. the beginning of a game where it's like, Oh, we're going around and meeting characters. It takes and we a while. Yeah. Take care of this thing. And Oh, there's some wild animals that are, we got to help these people over here before you're like introduced to like the main, what's going to be like the main conflict. Um, I'd heard Colin a couple times say that like, <clears throat> whatever the main conflict is of forbidden West, like he didn't see it coming. It's like, I don't think I've even been introduced to whatever that is then. No, because it gets crazy. (laughs) I I, I won't. It just gets. Yeah. It it just goes sci-fi to a whole other level and it's not bad. It's just, I liked, I think I liked the first game better. I mean, I think the second one probably plays better, but the first one I just thought was, it wasn't as technically great. It didn't play as well. The facial animations and the talking and stuff was weird, but the story was so good and it was so new that it. Ju- I, I don't know how anybody could like Forbidden West better than Ragnarok. I just, I just don't. And it's not that Forbidden Forbidden West okay. is a good game. It's an eight out of ten. It's a good game. This is like a nine point five to a ten, is what I. Think. Colin also goes out of his way to say that he hates puzzles in games. I don't so think I don't that know how he likes. I don't know how he likes any playstation games <laughs> right <laughs> and also the the puzzles there was a couple there was some where you had to bounce the uh like i was saying last time where you had to bounce the bounce the axe off these pink stones and through mm-hmm. these those were getting a little bit annoying but i'm not everything else since that i'm like this these aren't they're not tough puzzles and it's right it's good to get a break and a breather after you go through a crazy combat scenario like i, I think the pacing is great i think he's yeah. just i was he 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 gets this way with so many things where he was dug in saying eh, this will be an 85 on Metacritic. It's not going to be that good. Uh, the first one wasn't even that good. And all he can say is, you know, fast travel sucked and the map sucked. I'm like, well, OK, I agree, yeah. but I still think it's one well, of the best games. ever. I made. actually I don't have an issue with the fast travel, but I will say the map is 
I still map think is the useless. map is pretty bad. I thought the map was fine when I was playing through the story, but then when I was going back to try <laughs> to get the platinum and get collectibles and stuff, it's like I can't, I, I you can't tell what is, what anything is. Yeah. It sucks. Um, I, I thought for sure they would have fixed the map in this one, but they they definitely did not. But I'm like, I don't. It, 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 at least, well, and that's probably why I don't care right now is because I'm just mainlining the story. I'm just I'm going right. to the next marker. I'm going through the semi open world. I'm going down the path I want to go down, and you know, I but will once I go say, once I go hunting, it it's probably going to get annoying. I don't think I found the map in this game as frustrating. I remember in God of War 2018. It seemed like there were one of the little fast travel things called the uh, realm, realm gates, something doors, something. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like those were everywhere. And no matter which one I went to, it wasn't where I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, in, in 2018. This one, every time that I fast traveled somewhere, I ended up where I thought I was going to be. Okay. So maybe that's a little better. I also found that. Um, if you are trying to get to a specific area, instead of looking at the map and um trying to navigate yourself, if you set an icon as like if you add it to your compass or whatever, um, it'll kind of give you like directions how to navigate through the world to get there, okay. which I found to be really helpful in the post game. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Um. I talked to Sean about this a little bit. Specifically, I want to say right around where you are in Vanaheim, there's some sections where you'll fight an you'll fight an enemy you'll fight enemies in one specific area, and then I'll like go through an opening, like I'll go through like a door to get to the side area to do like a side quest or something, and then I'll go back out the same way that I came, and then I'll have to fight a whole, this all the same enemies again. And so there were some parts like that. I only noticed it in that one chunk of the game right there in Vanaheim, but it did kind of feel a little bit um, kind of like artificial padding to me. So I wasn't a huge fan of that, but still that was probably an hour of the, I don't know, yeah. 60 hours that I played this game. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing that's kind of a gripe, well, maybe two more things. One, I think the post game is very difficult. This is a hard game. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, I don't remember if I mentioned this to y'all in the Discord or if I just mentioned it to Sean uh DMing him. There was a there there's a bug that you can't change your difficulty. Oh yeah, you put that in the Discord, yeah. Um however they fixed it. And because before they fixed that bug. I was like, you know, there is no way that I'm going to be able to defeat some of these bosses and get this platinum. And then, so I, I beat the game on normal. And then I went back and I was fighting these bosses and I put the game down to story. And some of these bosses were still giving me a really hard time. I mean, the first God of War doing the Valkyrie fights, that that fight against the Valkyrie Queen until Elden Ring came along, that was the hardest boss fight I've ever had in my life. It was just insane. Mm -hmm. When you, if you get to a point where you're in the post game and need help, um, let me know. I found a video that talked to you through how to like optimize certain stats and stuff for your 
like boss battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there was this one boss, one of the ones in the later game that was I was absolutely destroying me that I was getting it would take him like two or three hits to just absolutely kill me. And then I'd use resurrection stone and then he would just get me again. And then once I implemented this build that I found online that kind of it maximized your like health and like restoration that you were constantly like every time you deal damage you would like heal a little bit of damage and like where to find all these certain items and stuff i ended up just absolutely smoking him Hmm. with (laughs) but hopefully you have a better time with uh you've probably seen some of the berserker gravestones yes yeah the sean and i didn't know what to call him for a while so we just called him the sword hilt guys the berserkers are the valkyries of this game gotcha okay um some of them are not hard and then some of them are pretty difficult um yeah but i'll i'll leave you to kind of discover all that on your own uh the last thing that i kind of wanted to mention real quick which sorry i feel like i'm talking forever um i think the game i think the level scaling could be a little bit better that you'll get to an area um you'll get to an area that will have certain like challenges like combat challenges and stuff and if you get there before you're ready for it so remember god of war 2018 you went to what was it muspelheim muspelheim yep yeah and you had the the searchers challenges or whatever yep um if you get to those too early, you won't stand a chance and it's not fun because you're just dying so quick. Right. But then if you finish the game and then come back and try to do them again, you're so strong that it's not fun because you're like killing enemies in one hit and doing all this stuff. And so I feel like um, so those kind of challenges, if they had made them more or less difficult, depending on your actual like loadout i think it would have um made it a a little bit more uh, made some of the side content a little bit more fun and a little bit more balanced but other than that i really have i really don't have many issues with it i have you had any control issues Mm -mm. no i did do the i did invert the control not invert not no, I, I never yeah invert. you're not sean i i switched the circle, circle and x because i was like i don't I, know i can't there imagine someone dodging in the world x. that wants x to be dodge and circle to be interact with things that i don't know no why sense. you would want that it makes no sense i did as soon as i saw that was an option i was like oh hell yeah because if i would have started playing this and i was having to dodge with x i would have lost my mind well because i typically I typically try to play games with their default controls. Yeah. Because I feel like it's the way that they intended us to play it. But it felt so unnatural. I probably played it for two hours with the default controls. And then by the time I switched the controls, I was still pressing the wrong buttons because I didn't even know I, I didn't even know what I wanted to do because exactly. I was getting used to playing incorrectly. Because you're so in your head at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I really loved God of War Ragnarok. Easily, the most fun I've had with the game this year. Yep, I love it. I can't wait to power through and see how it turns Which, out. I guess it's really not saying much 
because I didn't really get into Horizon at all. I think I said I played like four or five hours of it. Elden Ring absolutely had its way with me, and I did not enjoy it. Yeah. Um, which leaves... I don't even know what else I've played this year. <laughs> well, God of War Ragnarok, we also got some details, and this is old news, but it's news mm-hmm. to me because I wasn't here last week. Uh, 5.1 million sales in its first week. It is the fastest-selling first-party Sony launch game ever. And, of course, it also set the franchise record for a launch for God of War. So, um I guess it was smart of Sony to release it on PS4 and PS5 because obviously all those are not going to be on PS5. Um, the first one sold 23 million. I got to think at the end of the day, this ends up getting close to that as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when we're, when we're four years from release, of course, I'm not saying this year or anything, but that's awesome for it to be the biggest game ever at launch for Sony is huge, especially as they're starting to get more PS fives out in the wild. I think they're setting up for a very good holiday season. Uh, I would also imagine that having it available on both PS4 and PS5 would help its lifetime sales because I pretty much guarantee that there are going to be people that first play it on PS4 and then they get a PS5 and then buy the PS5 version and play it there, which I've also, um, I was talking to a guy the other day and he said that he loved the PS5 version of it so much that he went ahead and bought the PS4 version and got the platinum again. Wow. And I was like, does the PS4 version run terribly? And he actually said that, if you're playing the PS4 version on a PS5, it's you still get your 60 frames and then it's still like the differences really aren't that noticeable. Hmm. So I don't know that I'm going to love it enough to pay I might do that price. eventually. <laughs> uh... Eventually, I'm going to want to go back and play it again. I think what will happen is they haven't released a native PS5 uh, God of War 2018, have they? Not PS. They did a quote unquote PS5 patch where they just bumped it up to 60 for it's not really a PS5 patch, but they they released a 60 frames per second patch, which only works on PS5. That's where this whole thing gets so confusing. Yeah. You know, like I think whenever they do whenever the PS5 version has its own PS5 trophies, I'll probably go back and play God of War 2018 again. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna want to go straight into yeah. god of war ragnarok again <laughs> similar to i don't right know if i've talked it. about yeah whenever i feel like watching batman i'll sit down and watch batman begins and be like man that was really good and then that's how i end up watching the entire dark knight trilogy in yeah. a day yeah <laughs> um but i was gonna say this fastest selling playstation exclusive i feel like they say that about every game like, I think before this, I think it was Spider Man. But I thought also the Last of Us Part Two. I don't think Last Last of Us Two wasn't because every because of the leaks <laughs> and because people found out what was going to happen in that game early on. Um, it didn't. I, I think they've hit now. I think they've hit after two and a half years. I think they're around ten million sold. Oh. But the original Last of Us is like over 20, I think. If you count the PS4 remaster as well, they haven't added in uh, the part one stuff to that yet, I don't think. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of whenever they're talking about like sales numbers and stuff or whenever they're trying to like talk about their most recent game, like, you know, when you're watching a football game, that's like 
two terrible like if when you're watching the Texans and the Colts play each other mm-hmm. and they're trying to come up with something good to say and they're like, oh, yes, the Texans are the only one in eight team to have three interceptions this year or something like some. They're just trying to make, find something to make it sound like they might be like remotely right. good. It's... Well, that was the Monday night game last night too. Steelers and Colts. <laughs> that was, I was only I watched the end of it just because I was trying to see if I was going to pull out my fantasy game and win my for the first time in five weeks, which I did. I'm still live for the playoffs, but barely. Nice. So my fantasy team started five and zero, oh, and I think we are now six and six. I'm four right? four seven and one is what I am. Jeez. You tied. I tied. It was so frustrating. How is I, I? I tied, and I tied because I think uh, Alvin Kamara ended up with ninety nine rushing yards. If he would have got just one more yard, I would have won. It's so stupid. Lamar did me really well the first couple weeks. I benched him for Gino this past week, and Gino, well, it was the right know, decision. I benched him for Dak Prescott this week. The last three weeks, Dak Prescott had done better. Not this week. Not when I have him in the game. Of course. Yeah. But, oh, well. All right. James. Wait, was that it? Forgot where I knocked? Yes. Okay. Would you like to get into the news of the week, sir? Yes. Actually, it's the news of the past two weeks, but whatever. There's really nothing but except this. So let's start with this. I'm sick of talking about it, but it seems like for the first time in a while, we're actually getting some new news about Activision. And this comes from VGC uh, by way of Politico. The Federal Trade Commission is, quote, likely to file an antitrust lawsuit, end quote, to block Microsoft's takeover of Activision Blizzard, according to a new report. According to three sources cited by Politico, FTC chair Lena Khan, I hope I'm saying that right, sorry, is looking to rein in the power of the world's largest tech companies. The report goes on to state that while the lawsuit challenging the deal isn't certain, several within the FTC are, quote, skeptical of the company's arguments, end quote. The FTC and Microsoft did not immediately respond to requests for comments, it has been claimed. Were the FTC to proceed, it would be a major blow to Microsoft, which is currently fighting across the pond against concerns raised by the UK regulator, the CMA, not the Country Music Awards. An antitrust lawsuit would mean Microsoft would also have to fight to push forward its acquisition of the Call of Duty maker in U.S. courts as well. The FTC was expected to rule on Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by late November. The European Commission has officially launched an in-depth probe of Microsoft's proposed acquisition of ABK. Politico also reports that the depositions of Microsoft Chief Executive Satya Nadella and Activision head Bobby Kotick have already taken place and that if the FTC plans to move forward against the deal, the case could be brought as soon as next month, that being December. It might be December when you're watching this. Quote, central to the FTC's concerns is whether acquiring Activision would give Microsoft an unfair boost in the video game market, end quote, according to the report. These concerns echo those raised by the CMA, specifically in relation to Call of Duty. Then we also got this from VGC, where Sony is saying that, and again, this is two, this is two whiny babies fighting, but it seems like Sony might actually be starting to win. Uh, Sony, mean- Sony claims that Microsoft... Uh, is trying to make them more like Nintendo. 
because Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively. But this reveals Microsoft's true strategy, SIE statement reads. Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo so that it would be less it would be a less close and effective competitor to Xbox. Post-transaction, Xbox would become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on console. Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, Overwatch. As the decision explains, and it would then be free from serious competitive pressure, end quote. SIE's statement goes on to claim that Activision's games, quote, in particular Call of Duty, are critical to PlayStation. Quote, the franchise is firmly entrenched in gamers' psyche. Every installment since Call of Duty was first released back in 2003, holy crap, has consistently topped the charts. Uh, it states, going on to share redacted percentage figures of the share of its audience it believes it would lose to Xbox should Call of Duty go exclusive. Ignoring these facts, Microsoft argues that Nintendo has been successful without access to Call of Duty, it continues. This misses the point. The decision identifies a wide body of evidence showing that Nintendo offers a differentiated experience to Xbox and PlayStation because it is focused on family-friendly games that are very different from Peggy 18 FPS games like Call of Duty. This is supported by Microsoft's internal documents, which, so the CMA found, show that, in general, Microsoft's internal documents track PlayStation more closely than Nintendo, with Nintendo often being absent from any internal competitive assessment. I will say they're right there. Switch is playing a completely different game than PlayStation and Xbox are. Mm-hmm. That's that's No one can argue that. Um, some other notes here, and then we're, we'll go into this. Sony has also claimed uh, that this acquisition would, quote, hurt developers and lead to price increases, end quote. Sony has said that they're confident that the UK CMA will seek to block this deal going through. Um, Google, apparently, in some documents, has also said that they're against the case. They've got bad blood with Xbox because there's something with Chrome. uh, What are they called? Chrome. uh, the Chrome plugin things not working. Microsoft, they didn't work well with Google or something. I don't know. But Microsoft has stated also this past week that they have offered uh, Sony a 10-year Call of Duty deal to keep it on PlayStation. Um, the acquisition has been cleared unconditionally in Serbia. I just thought that was funny, so I had to throw it in there because I don't know what Serbia really has to do with this, but it's pretty funny to me. I guess everybody gets a say. And also, uh, it looks like, according to documents, that both Xbox and PlayStation don't plan to launch new consoles until 2028. I like that. If this was an eight-year console generation, that would be pretty awesome. James, I did a lot of talking. And we've been talking, all of us have been talking about this for months. It seems like years now at this point. Um, Do you think there's any chance that this actually doesn't go through? What what are you what what are your thoughts on where we sit now with 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 the Activision I, acquisition? I still think it's going to go through. That I I feel like no matter what I I think that Sony If you're Sony, the longer this goes on, the longer you just look like a whiny child. And the some of the um reading through some of the stuff sony's saying that the um, microsoft buying activision is bad for the industry because it could make people buy an xbox it's like so s- let me get this straight sony you're against exclusivity now when you've been paying who knows how much money to indefinitely keep final fantasy off of every platform that's not playstation and 
it, I feel like it's kind of the same thing that I know. Obviously, obviously Final Fantasy isn't the same as that's what Call it comes of, down to. That's that's Call of Duty. Yeah. But it's they're paying money and they've said that they will continue to keep it. They, they, they've said that they've con- they'll continue to keep it on there. They've agreed that they made an offer that they would keep it on uh, PlayStation for 10 years. And yeah. Phil Jim Spencer Ryan is said, out here saying that that offer is inadequate and that they want you. They what do they want? They want there are no well, business deals that use the word forever. That's what like, Phil said. Yeah. But what what Jim, what crying Jim Ryan was saying was that the original <laughs> offer, which I think was just three years, that that was inadequate, which I agree. If you're only going to say 2027 or what the hell year is it now? Yeah. 2027. Because the deal ends in 2024 that they have right, right now, so they would extend it three years. Whereas I assume this 10-year deal that they're talking about would extend it to 2034, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it, it all just comes down but, to Call of Duty. But I, I I agree with you. I do think it's going to... I think it's going to end up going through. But I think, yes, Sony looks like little whiny babies, but they're getting their way. But they're going to they're gonna end up with some kind of crazy deal. And Microsoft has also said to be fair to Phil, who I rag on all the time, they're saying this deal doesn't make any sense. If we can't I, sell call of duty on other platforms, if it's just I on think, game pass, we're going to go out of business. Right. And I think I don't see any, I think that realistically, um, call of duty is going to be on PlayStation <laughs> indefinitely, but I understand that in the business world, you don't want to agree to doing anything forever. Because yeah. that's how you get stuck continuing to have crappy Xbox Live Gold games for 15 years. That's yeah. how you get stuck doing all these things that like you, you don't want to agree to do anything forever. Everything needs to have a time limit. And I don't know. I feel like from Sony's... And, and Sony is out here acting like one of the first statements they made, it's like, there's no, they're over here like, no game can ever complete with Call of Duty. We, we're second rate trash and nobody loves us. And if Call of Duty's taken from us, then nobody else is going to play on our console anymore. And they're, they're out here acting like they didn't just make, that they're not constantly making games that are breaking record after record. And, they're acting like Microsoft isn't uh, communicating internally saying that nothing that they have, including Call of Duty, comes even close to what Sony was able to produce with God of War Ragnarok and The Last of Us Part Two. Right. That- and also, Sony, I don't know that anything can, and I, I know Colin has talked about this a lot too, like, he doesn't think Call of Duty is permanent in its place at the top. I kind of think it is. I think it's just inertia at this point. Like it's always, it's always going to be the, I I can't see a time when it's not, but But just because call of Duty's at the top doesn't mean that you can't be successful with something else with kill zone or resistance or SOCOM or new IP, whatever, like Like, Sony, you put yourself in this spot by abandoning all of your own shooters. And what do you know? You abandon all your own shooters because you were making all this latent income from this third party. And now that third party is being threatened to be taken away, even though realistically it's not going anywhere, but now you're freaking out. 
And I get it. I, I get it from both. I, I get it. I do get it from Sony's side. They want to make sure Call of Duty stays. They want to get it. They want to get right. as good a deal as they can. I, I do think this ends up going through. If this doesn't go through, I would be shocked because also uh, Colin reminded us of this on Sacred Symbols that uh, they have to pay three billion dollars if this deal falls through. They have to cut right. a check to Activision for three billion dollars. That's more than Sony paid to get Bungie and keep it multi-platform. They're just going to write a check right. for three billion dollars, saying "Sorry, we wasted your time." Um, Sony Sony's acting like Microsoft would own every first-person shooter, as if they didn't just buy Bungie. <laughs> But they're keeping which, but which des- which you could but, make the argument but, that Destiny is the best shooter. Yes, but Destiny's staying multi-platform and well, so would Bungie Bungie is not even part of PlayStation Studios, though. They just own them. They're just gonna get the revenue. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. different, but but I do get why Sony is like this is and some of the other stuff they were saying is like Phil Spencer's talked out of both sides of his mouth about other acquisitions and like Hellblade 2 Sony and and Bethesda and like all these things. He said, no, it won't be exclusive. It's fine. It's fine. No, Starfield's <laughs> Xbox only. Whoops. Sorry. Like the, I get the why they're think... mad, but it's all it's all Call of Duty. You got to lock Call, Call of Duty down for as long as you can. If it's 10 years after the 24, after the deal expires it's... in 24, that's a good starting place. You can renegotiate in 2032 if we're all still here. The the stuff, I don't know. I just feel like Sony is like, oh, well, they can't, they shouldn't be able to buy Activision because they could do this list of things. A lot of things that Sony is already doing. Like, I mean, we talked already about them paying money to keep things off of other platforms with Final Fantasy, which I would say, fi- other than Call of Duty, I think Final Fantasy is one of the biggest, probably third party. IPs. Um and it it also said in there that um by uh, Microsoft buying Activision could lead to could be bad economically as it could lead to price increases and this other stuff and it's like Sony you are increasing your own prices of your consoles worldwide already. Yeah. It just, everywhere but here. <laughs> Literally yeah. everywhere but here. Um yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I'm sick of talking about this, but it's there it was a slow couple of weeks of news, so I wanted to talk about it. But I mm-hmm. again I think we're both in agreement. We think it's gonna end up going through. I think Sony is just doing everything they can to squeeze as much blood from the stone that is Call of Duty as they can before this actually goes through. Yeah, I just I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm real. I'm tired of hearing about it. That I wish they would just kind of finish it up already. And I wish. I don't know. I want Sony to stop stop their whining. Yeah, and I do hate the the this acquisition acquisition game that's going on now. It's just it sucks. It, it is what it is. Right. Um, but yeah, it would be like if. If Sony, like I know they invested what five percent into Epic Games, but if somehow Sony and they're not big enough to do this, I don't think. But if Sony bought Epic Games and they said Fortnite is now only going to be on PlayStation, that's the only thing I could think coming close to Call of Duty. You know what I mean? As far as I don't as think a Sony could buy maker. Epic Games. No, they I feel couldn't. like Epic Games is more likely to buy Sony. Yeah, <laughs> and then just put it on or at PlayStation. Least Epic is more likely to buy PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, that's enough of that. Let's move on. I only got one other item on the news list here, and then we'll run through the wrap-up. Uh, the Splinter Cell remake is still on and is part of the 20th anniversary celebration. We got some more details on it. Uh, the game is still in the prototyping phase as they're not wanting to rush into the development. Uh, they want to make sure they do this right and make it a top-tier uh, remake of a game. The core game experience they are saying will be the same as the original, but they are exploring new tech and ideas that they want to implement and some elements from the other Splinter Cell games that have been released since the first one was released 20 years ago. Uh, they did confirm it's not a remaster. It's a top tier remake years. being, yeah, being built Jeez. from the ground <laughs> up. Uh, and they are hoping this is what gives me hope, but it's Ubisoft. So I shouldn't do that. They're hoping to establish quote, a good foundation for the franchise moving forward end quote. And they also released a bunch of concept art that looks awesome. Um, I still have never played a splinter cell. I, because I was, I was su- yeah, because I was such a metal gear fan. It was like the snob in me was like, no stealth action is metal gear with awesome Kojima craziness. I don't want I don't want splinter cell, whatever. Um, but I want this. I want this to happen so bad. But the fact that they're still prototyping it and they've they've shit on Splinter Cell so many times over the years, like <laughs> I'll believe it when we see a trailer. Um, but what are what are your thoughts on Splinter Cell? Have you ever played them um, before? I've never played. I haven't played much Splinter Cell. Okay. Um, one of um, I want to say Splinter Cell Conviction, the 360 game, was a uh, one of the games with gold like years ago. Mm. And I played that a little bit and I wasn't really getting into it. I actually, so I played it right around the time of uh, Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs okay. 1, which I loved. Um, my, I mean, my favorite part of that game was the stealth elements of it. And then yeah. I, so I played it after that and it wasn't quite what I was looking for. Um, yeah. But people, I, side, sidebar, um, people had been saying that what Splinter Cell was had kind of evolved into Watch Dogs. Hmm. Um, at least that's what I had heard. Okay. Um, this is a game, though, I would definitely play it when it comes out, but it's not necessarily something that I'm going to um, try to like keep tabs on or anything or really like anticipate. It's one of them that I would be interested if it was here like anytime soon. Yeah. Um, I I just need something to fill that Metal Gear mm-hmm. hole in my heart, which hopefully will be the Metal Gear Solid Three remake, which hopefully will get revealed here in a week and a half. Um, I don't know why I do this to myself. Um, but this is one of those like I don't ever is want Metal Gear. It's the game something wars. happening in a week. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but again, it's Keely. And unless they got like Kojima's blessing to do the remake, I don't know that Keeley would want to show it on his show. I feel like that if, might be a Sony state of play. I don't know. Well, I don't think Sony does usually does a big showing at the Game Awards, do they? They they date their first trailer for The Last of Us Part Two was there, I think. Okay. But they usually I think Colin said this a couple of weeks ago. They usually have like one or two games. To, excuse me, that they show there, but this would be a Konami thing and a apparently virtuous studios is working on it. But I mean, I want this game. I want Splinter Cell to come out. I want to want to play it. I know it's not Metal Gear. There's no the Kojima zaniness. There's no, you know, otherworldly elements and, you know, floating guys that can control your controller and stuff like that. But 
good military tactical espionage stealth action i'm missing it so i hope this happens i mean i don't my my metal gear experience is pretty limited yeah um half of the phantom pain was awesome the second half was boring (laughs) they they it never should have been i like that it was open world it's the best playing metal gear game ever but the story suffered for it Um, if act one We've talked about this before. I think we talk about this every time I'm on your podcast. If Act One was the end of that game, if the end of Act One was the end of the game, it would have been a easy ten out of ten for me. Yeah. And then that second half of the game, where you're replaying missions under weird circumstances, and like, um, you could miss missions if you didn't do certain things in earlier missions. That I um. I never actually finished the game because one of the missions that you had to um one of the missions that you need to finish the game, you needed to do something like way earlier in another mission. So I ended up just watching the end of the game on YouTube. I was gonna say, I hope you at least watched the ending because I did, yeah. It's I I like it. Some people hated it. I think it was cool and it makes the first game make sense. It makes the first two games metal gear. I'm saying the original metal gear and metal gear two, not solid. It makes Mm -hmm. them make a lot more sense. I like it. Is it a hell of a retcon? Yeah, but I liked it. Um, But yeah, uh, I don't want to talk about metal gear. So sad. All right, James, let's get to the wrap up. We got the second trailer for the super Mario movie today. Did you get a chance to watch it? I did. I like it. I am on board. Rainbow Road, are you freaking kidding me? I saw that I and I saw, was like, wow, they're going all out. This is insane. I think that there's going as as somebody who has played so many Mario games and seen I want to say that I've seen pretty much everything the, the series has to offer. Yeah. I think that there's going to be so much fun and so much nostalgia packed into this movie. Even in so in the trailer, like one of the first couple scenes of the trailer when you see Donkey Kong, yeah. the thing that they're standing on is straight out of it's Smash Donkey right? Kong. Oh no, it was Donkey. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, and then Mario lands on the donut things from like Super Mario Brothers 3, where you stand on them, they turn red and then they fall. I'm like, they're he's going through actual mm-hmm. levels. Are you kidding me? There's and a then, flag. Like where there was one of the spinning uh one of the spinning yes. fire things. Yes. And he's like, he's like, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And then okay. And then he goes and he it looks like he almost hits it anyway. And it's like, yeah. gosh, I'm just remembering you guys doing your let's play. Oh my God. It's horrible. <laughs> I think it looks um I think it looks so good. I don't really care that Chris Pratt is the voice of Mario. It's all uh, overblown. I, I think his Wahoo sounded great. The let's a go didn't sound great, but like it's I I don't know. I, I I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited people, for April. People love to hate Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, I enjoy Chris Pratt generally. Um, I know that he's not a voice actor, right? but I don't think it doesn't. I mean, his, his Mario voice, at least what we've heard of it doesn't just sound like Chris Pratt talking. It does sound like a little more like cartoonish and a little more like Mario-y. Um, I, I think so too. It doesn't sound like Mario's in Jurassic world or something like that. Right. But when you put that when you when your contract when you put that performance of him like kind of sounding a little bit mario 
directly next to Jack Black as Bowser, who is actually like an incredible voice actor. He's going um, for it. Yeah. That it's, I mean, obviously him as Mario isn't going to look as good. I'm curious to see like Charlie Day as Luigi. I don't really think he does much voice acting. And um, I don't imagine it, it's Seth Rogen. It's Donkey Kong, right? Yes, I, I just want to hear him do the laugh. That's all I, I, <laughs> I want Donkey Kong to do the meme and do the laugh. That's if he does the Seth Rogen laugh as Donkey Kong in that, I'm going to spontaneously combust in the theater. I can't imagine him sounding like anything other than Seth Rogen. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I got to show my... I, I, I just watched the trailer right before we uh before we jumped on Zoom. Um so I haven't had a chance to show it to my boys yet, but I mm-hmm. I want to know what they think. I, I know my eight year old Casey is gonna be over the moon, but I'm wondering what my twelve and my fourteen year old will think. I'm I'm expecting it to I am expecting it to be good, which have they said when it comes out, like a release date or anything? Uh April, but I don't know if they said the actual date yet. Okay. And yeah, I'm really I'm the more I see, the more I'm buying into it. Yeah, I think I am, too. It's kind of like how I felt about Sonic. If when they did the first Sonic trailer and he looked like an idiot, I was like, nope. Then they did the next trailer. I was like, OK, they fixed him. He looks good. And then another trailer I was like, this actually looks like it might be good. And then I saw it and I loved it. And Sonic 2 was even better. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I think it'll be a I think we'll I'll probably go see it probably on release day. Yeah, if if the con- if the trailers continue to come out and I continue to get more and more invested in this movie, I'll definitely go see it on release day. Also, if it's coming out in mid-April, you know, maybe it'll come out on mine and Sarah's anniversary. So that'll oh, be-, that'd be perfect. <laughs> you can dress up as Mario and Peach and go see it. Yeah, that'd be perfect. There you go. Uh, God of War Ragnarok's director, who we mentioned earlier, Eric Williams, uh, was on kind of funny. He did a spoiler cast that I've got saved on my phone, but I'm not going to listen to it until I actually beat it. Although I've seen some people commenting that they didn't really talk about, it was more, it, it wasn't as much about the story and stuff like that. So that's kind of disappointing, but whatever. But he hinted that he's hoping, um, that he and San- Sony Santa Monica could get a license to make a Castlevania game, which would be awesome because, with what they've done with Kratos in these last two games, I could see a 3D Castlevania game finally being done right. So that would be awesome. Is it going to happen? No. Are there are there already 3D Castlevania games? There's some. Yeah, there was Castlevania 64, which was not good. There was a, f- a couple games on PS2. Then you had Lords of Shadow and Lords of Shadow 2 on PS3 and PS4. That some people love them. Some people say they're garbage. And I think there's Mm -hmm. been a couple others, but nobody's really nailed 3D Castlevania yet. But somebody like (laughs) Santa Monica could definitely do it. But I almost feel like if you want to... Or from software. (laughs) I almost feel like if that's the type of game that you want to make, but it's such a diversion from what Castlevania is... Like, why even make it a Castlevania game? Why not just make a new original game and have, like, Dracula or, yeah, have Dracula in it because he's in the public domain now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's public domain. Anybody can make a Dracula game. Yeah, Yeah. I can make a Dracula. I mean, I can't make a Dracula. I don't know how to make video games. You, in theory, could. could. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, Dead Island 2 hilariously has been delayed after we never thought it was actually going to come out from February to April 28th. Uh, so just a couple months there. They do have a gameplay showcase coming on December 6th. Uh, it was announced that EA Sports College Football is coming back summer of 2024. They're taking their time because they're building it from scratch. I was hoping for summer 23, but I'm still glad. I'm just glad to know that they're still moving forward with it. I can't wait. I haven't been able to play a college football game since 2012. And yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. I want them to do something... I don't want it to just be Madden with a college skin. Yeah. I want it to be different. Even if it was like a much more arcadey, like if they were to bring back, um, make it more in the realm of like NFL blitz. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I don't, I, I don't even know if there's a market for those games anymore. Well, but. well the last one I got was the last one they made was NCAA football 13, which came out in July of 2012. And I remember like they did feel different than Madden because there was so much more of a focus on, and the game has changed. Like the college game has changed so much now in 10 years, 12 years, by the time this comes out, there was such a focus on read options and everything, which some of that has now come to Madden, but I'm so excited to have a college football game again. I will definitely be buying that day one. Uh, in two years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street Fighter Six has apparently been rated in South Korea, so we may be getting a release date soon. So far, all they've said is that it's coming next year. Um, I got a feeling. I'm I'm feeling like June, so I don't know. But if it's already been rated, that's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know. They want to put it out too close to, you know, Resident Evil Four Remake, which is coming in March. So I, I just I I can't think of. Street Fighter 5 came out in January. I know that. Street Fighter 6? Yeah. Would is Oh yeah, I guess Street Fighter is also Capcom. Yeah. Cuz I was going to say I don't think Street Fighter 6 and well Resident yeah, people would really like compete like Yeah, they're not crossing over. I was just thinking with it being yeah. Capcom, but I mean, I know that I know that you're going to be interested in both those games, yes. but I feel like a lot of people aren't going to be choosing like, well, choosing like one or the other. Yeah. And Street Fighter six is going to live for years like Street Fighter mm-hmm. four and five did. Um, no one ever talks about Street Fighter four. I love Street I feel like, I feel like people talk about two and five. I, I did not like five. I thought four was much better. Um, really? I still prefer two overall just because nostalgia, I guess but people Ultra probably Street talk Fighter about five awesome. because it's the current one. Yeah. And then two, because it's the greatest fighting game of all time. Yes. In my mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fighting uh, games aren't my thing. So I'm just going to take your word up for it. You you should. We've got plenty of, we've got plenty <laughs> of Street Fighter videos on here to, to, to back that up. Um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was announced that it hit over 8 million players in its first year. But I wrote in parentheses here, the game is on Game Pass and PS Plus. And we know when this game came out, it fell well short of what Square Enix was hoping for, even though it was critically acclaimed. But, I mean, good for them getting 8 million players. I just, I hate that it didn't do well Mm -hmm. commercially before it hit the quote-unquote free services. I think that... I think that part of the reason it did really poorly was because of Avengers, because Avengers was kind of terrible. Yes, um, I mean, I know, I think John enjoyed it. I know I had some, a little bit of fun with it. Um, 
at least I think there's there's someone in the Discord that had had fun with it. Sean um, really liked it. Yeah. You said Sean? Sean, yeah. Okay. Um I also think though that Square Enix just had too high of expectations for all of their Western games. Because even if you look at the Tomb Raider trilogy, the what they call the Survivor trilogy, so Tomb Raider, Rise yeah. of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, yeah. I think all three of those games are incredible. Um, they always talked about those games after if they were like such a big disappointment, which I don't know if they just spent so long making those games that they cost too much that they needed to hit a certain sales number for them to be considered profitable right. or if, or, or like what, but it, even if a game is reviewing well and sell and what we, most of us would consider selling well, it never seemed like Square Enix was happy with it. Yeah. And that's like, why they sold off their Western studios. Exactly. So, but Guardians of the Galaxy, I do think it's significant that they've had 8 million players, even though it's been on um, PS Plus and Game Pass at this point, because 8 million players is still 8 million players. Yeah, and pretty much sure. everybody... Have you played any of that game? I played the first hour, and then I got sucked into uh, the Demon Souls remake, I think. I got okay. it at the same time. Pretty much everybody that I know that's played Guardians of the Galaxy has said they've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and so if you have eight million people playing your game and they enjoy it, even if they're playing it even even if they're playing it for free, I feel like that could bode well for you in the future because I feel like those people are going to be more interested in whatever it is that you are gonna be have it coming next. Because I want to say if they make, I don't think that would be stuck with Square Enix. I want to say that would go with Crystal. Was that Crystal Dynamics? I think it was Crystal. That's what I was going to ask, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, no, Crystal did Avengers. So it wasn't that. Oh, it was Eidos Montreal, I think. I think you're right. Eidos Montreal, I think they also did one of the Tomb Raiders. Yeah, they did. Yep. Um, I want to say Crystal did the first one. Anyway, that's not important. Um, but I do think 8 million players is significant because if if those 8 million players enjoyed your game, I feel like it's easy to market another game towards those players. Right. But it probably won't be Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> right. I didn't in I I liked Guardians of the Galaxy, but I didn't like it enough to go back and get the platinum. Yeah. Um I still want to go back and play it at some point, but at this point, I don't know that I really will. I definitely think it's worth playing. I thought it was a really cool game. I also think that even though, since we are so familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy through the two movies, it's a little bit hard to get warmed up to the characters in the game. But I like that the interpretations of the characters in the game didn't just rely on... I like that the Peter Quill in the game didn't just feel like a knockoff of Chris Pratt. That right. it, it like a lot of your in your animated movies and stuff, and a lot of your animated Batman movies, a lot of your portrayals of the Joker just feel like someone trying to act like Mark Hamill acting like the Joker. 
Right. Whereas I'm glad that we didn't get that, that they kind of did their own thing. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's also the the problem that, you know, Avengers had as well, but yeah. Um, Which I, well, yeah, I feel like that's the exact problem that Avengers, that's one of many well, problems right. that Avengers had. Yeah. I saw that, uh, I think today, uh, the winter soldier is now playable in, uh, Avengers. <laughs> Like two years later than he was supposed to be or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet sold 10 million combined copies in three days, despite how horrible of a game it is and how it barely runs. Apparently it is the fastest selling Nintendo game ever, which well, or games ever, I should say, which is just mind boggling to me. First (sighs) off. I think the criticism of this game, but both of these games is very overblown. Because pretty much everybody that I've talked to, I haven't started it. Sarah's been playing Violet, and she's been having a great time with it. Um, And a lot of people that I've been talking to on Twitter and stuff have been saying that they think the criticism of it is, like, overblown. Obviously, it has a little bit of, like, jank to it. But that's really nothing new to Pokemon games. And, I mean, let's be honest. Like, nobody's playing Pokemon games because of a flawless like gameplay experience right. they're always they always have like a little bit of jank to them yeah my eight-year-old definitely wants one of them for christmas so i'm sure really? i'll be having pokemon in my house very soon uh yeah. well in that case you might as well just get both of them nope there's help, no way in hell push that 10 million to around 20 million no way in hell <laughs> Uh, Yuji Naka, who's the creator of Balan Wonderworld or Wonderland, whatever it is, formerly of Sonic Team, was arrested for insider training at Square. I said training. That's supposed to be trading. Why did I write training? I must have been tired when I did this. But yeah. Um, Also, a Streets of Rage movie is in the works from the creator of John Wick. I actually think that could work. Um, Speaking of video game movies, apparently at one point, Rockstar turned down a GTA movie starring none other than Eminem. And I just <laughs> wish that would have been a thing. I love Eminem. I can't picture. I cannot. I can't imagine how horrible this would have been. Uh, as James alluded to alluded to earlier, Xbox games with gold were announced for December and they are horrible. Once again, two games I've never heard of Colt Canyon and bladed fury. PS Plus, the Essential Games Collection has leaked, as it has done for like the last nine months. It looks like it's going to be Mass Effect, Legendary Edition, Biomutant, and Divine Knockout, which I don't know what that is. Easily, I mean, PlayStation wins every month. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty damn good month. I've never I, played Mass Effect. That is a good month. Um, Mass Effect, Legendary Edition, definitely worth I I haven't played it. I think John is a Mass Effect fan. Is that right? I'm not sure. John's in the chat. Oh, John's back. It says finance has been a long time. Except people want to, they should buy it and not complain about it not being on a game pass. Yeah, nothing compares to Call of Duty. That, that's what I was saying, John. I'll, the only thing I could think of that would compare to it is if somehow Sony got exclusivity of Fortnite right now and just said it's no longer on it. We're pulling it off Xbox right now. You can only play it on PlayStation 4 or 5 and PC. That's it. Um, That's the only thing I think could compare to it. But but so Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I've heard really good things about it. Um, 
and then Biomutant. I played a little bit of Biomutant. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it, it seems it, like a lot of people liked it better after they got rid of the the constant talking or something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> the narration or you something. You can turn but, off. The, yeah, now you can turn you can it turn off. off so. so instead of um instead of having every individual character voice acted, it um to save on cast, they just had one person kind of narrate the whole thing and to be like, oh, so-and-so went and talked to his friend, uh, his friend Kevin, and Kevin told him that he should go visit his friend Sean up at the top of the tree. And and it's it just get it did get kind of annoying. But honestly, that didn't really even bother me. The gameplay just didn't really jive with me. Um it the and um it's been a while since I played it, and I do kind of want to go back to it. But the I remember the enemies kind of feeling spongy and that I felt like I had to attack them a whole lot to actually get anything to happen. Um, and that was even like kind of early in the game. So I don't know if I just wasn't strong enough yet or if that was anything there. Yeah. Um, and then what's <clears throat> that third game? Divine Knockout. Have you heard of that? Never heard of it. I've never heard of it. I will say so PlayStation Plus is always better than games with gold but mass effect legendary edition and biomutant are also both on game pass already okay and um since ea play is included in game pass you can actually play the xbox 360 versions of all of the mass effect games and mass effect legendary edition all on game pass gotcha (laughs) so yeah but i i definitely agree PS Plus is better than games with gold, but then we're kind of comparing it to something that it, it almost ends up being kind of an unfair comparison. But I, I don't know why they still do it. Just get yeah. just just well, just put games on Game Pass. It's it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about indefinite that you don't have business deals that last forever. But I think because they're under a I think that they just receive so much like latent income from people that have games with gold and just kind of don't don't um excuse me that have games with gold and are continuing to pay for it that i think if they were to change it they would have to like unsubscribe all those people or not have that money coming in anymore um at least that's my understanding of it but other than that, I have no idea why they would keep it around. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, when you got Game Pass, what can you really complain about? So, yeah. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 304. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for bearing with us as we get through this this weird scheduling time of ours over the last month or two. Um, we do appreciate you hanging in there with us. Appreciate James being here um always welcome on the channel good to have you back on here like i said check out on youtube james games and more putting up content what two three times a week um i shoot for three sometimes it's two usually monday wednesday and friday yeah um mondays i've been uh posting let's plays of metroid prime 2 um i just got the final gun i think we're getting close to the end of the game there um probably a couple more weeks and then Today's Tuesday as we're recording. So tomorrow, yep. um, my I'll have a let's play go up of Returnal Biome Five. Uh, Kevin, have you been watching my Returnal videos? 
No, because I don't want to get the <laughs> I don't want to get the itch to go back and try it again and just hate myself. I mean, I couldn't get through the second boss, and now I haven't played it in almost I don't even know. Did, did that came out? No, that came out last year. I probably I haven't it was played it. Twenty twenty. Was it tw- no twenty twenty one twenty twenty one? Um, oh, but you're I right. I don't think because I've, the console wasn't the console wasn't came out, out at the November. end of twenty one. Yeah, but I no, I can't go back and do it. You it was should, so you should frustrating. Go it was so frustrating. I'm, I'm so bad at video games. Um, and then Fridays, usually I do some kind of topical video. I thought um, I had one that I mentioned earlier. I ranked the uh, PS4 exclusives that I've played. Um, I've done some on, I don't know, my favorite GameCube games was one of them. I talked about my history with video games, kind of growing up playing games, all that good stuff. Um, I think coming up, um, I think I'm going to do... Probably a long one on my full thoughts on God of War Ragnarok. Um, full full spoilers and everything. Um, but I kind of need to get all my thoughts together there. Yeah. Kind of figure that out. Yeah. John is four minutes behind, but Mass Effect is awesome. There you go. I, I, I'm at least going to add it to my library. So I have another game that I want to play, mm-hmm. but I'll never I'll never get to. Yeah. <sighs> but yep, that's it. Have- go ahead. Um, have they announced any additions to PS Plus Extra or Premium lately? No, they always do it. They do it like the second week of the month. Okay. I just feel like... I feel like they haven't really added anything to it since that initial... I feel like the initial launch lineup was good. But I don't know. At first, I was kind of tempted to move up to the Extra tier. But I've been pretty satisfied with where I'm at at the essential tier. Yeah, I got the extra. I got extra just because I wanted to play Stray Mm -hmm. and it was going to be cheaper to upgrade to extra than to buy Stray. So I said, eh, whatever. I'll just do it. I think that's actually how they got a lot of people. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Yep, for sure. Because now now you have extra and guess who's not going to remember to downgrade themselves? Everyone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And the premium tier is mostly retro game, retro games, which ends up being PS3 streaming, right? Streaming and a couple of PS1 games and PS2 games, but it's the PS4 versions of them. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Sony almost had something really great with their, this whole, the PS plus thing they've been doing, but there's some games, there's a lot of PS4 games that they bumped to the, premium tier by calling them like classic games correct yeah the ps2 remake pretty much any remake even even like the last of us remastered is it the premium tier when it i feel like should have been on the extra tier because it's a ps4 game right but what do i know well yeah it is what it is but all Mm. right we're yeah, gonna sign thanks off. Thanks for now. having me. Absolutely, man. Glad you could make it. Yeah, um, finish, uh, finish God of War. Let me know I'm what gonna, you think. I'm gonna do my best. Uh, <laughs> Sean will be back next week, hopefully tanner than I am after my cruise. But what are you gonna do? Um, but yeah, until um, the next time, James. I think you're. Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. I was gonna say I think you're coming up to a decent. Um, I want to say it's a plot twist in God of War, but it's really not a. 
something something twisty happens and when you get to that point i want you to let me know so we can talk about it okay we'll do yeah cool all right that's it for this episode thanks everybody we'll be back next week until that time thank you for playing